Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one. Well, you can be comfortably seated. I, uh, I was going to mention my book, but there's only one left, and this is the one. And so uh, if you'd like it, you can order it on Amazon, and they'll ship it here by CIA drone. <laughs> then you can also order a thing from Amazon where you can tell the radio to turn on, and it'll hear you and turn the radio on, which means it's listening all the time. So if you're dumb enough to have something like that in your house, you might be interested in that. This is a book called Financial Overflow, and uh, 10 Bible Principles to Unlock Heaven's Unending Supply. It's the only book I've written so far. And what I did was, I told you if you were here this morning and last night, I got into kind of the story of how we were negative account in our ministry, and actually we didn't have separate accounts, so we were just negative, period. And then in, in the span of about eight years, the Lord took us from negative to a million, over a million dollars in our account, which if somebody would have told me that that year, or especially five years before that that would ever happen, I'd have thought they were out of their mind. And so what I did was I made a note of the 10 things that I found in God's word that turned that around, that turned the financial situation around, because steps are repeatable. You know, the Bible says in Acts 10, 34, God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he accepts those who fear him and do what is right. So if you take the steps that someone else took, you get the result that they got. That's why the Bible's full of stories like with Abraham and Isaac, because you pick up secrets from them. Anytime the Lord spoke to Abraham, he departed and obeyed immediately. His secret was obedience. Elijah, it was prayer. And so you start getting the glimpse from these people and repeat it, and it'll take you to where it took you. So most times if you get a book, if you think it was just about how you need to give and give in offerings, but only one chapter is on giving, chapter 6. And then the rest all have to do with action and mentality, breaking a poverty mentality, breaking materialism, breaking company with stagnant people, um, divine leading, the power of wise planning, which is an excellent chapter. But anyway, I made that book because I want, especially if you've been here the last two days, you know what I've been preaching on. If you have a big dream in your heart, how many have a big dream? Then uh, to, get, to get there, it takes a lot of money. So you can... You can either not get the money, not accomplish the dream, or if you don't know how to get it from God, you can do all kinds of crooked things. You know, like I could be up here tonight selling uh, water from the Sea of Galilee for everybody that gives $10,000, and you end up ruining your ministry because you don't know how to get it God's way. Can you say amen? amen. So there's one left, but uh, if you order it on Amazon.com, I think 14 bucks or $17, and I promise you, uh, you'll like it. And then if you're like visiting from Arkansas, I put uh, pictures in the back in case you can't read. Amen. So that way everybody's included. Amen? Some people have trouble reading. I'm going to show you a video in just a second, but before I do, I want you to take your Bible and open it with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans the 10th chapter. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Romans, the 10th chapter and the 8th verse. The Bible says, the message is very close at hand, 
In fact, it is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the word of faith that we preach. For if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, or confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For by believing in your, it's by believing in your heart that you're made right with God, and by open declaration of your faith that you're saved. As the scriptures say, anyone who believes in him will be saved. Anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the gospel. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? But faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Turn over to Romans 15. Romans, the 15th chapter. Verse 16. Paul continues. I'm a special messenger from Christ Jesus to you Gentiles. I brought you the gospel so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me, bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and, everybody say and, because I started in on it last week, how because when I uh, went into evangelism, there's really nothing for full gospel people that feel called to be an evangelist. If you go to a Assemblies of God Bible School or any other full gospel denomination, they have pastor, youth pastor, worship leader, missionary. And so... If, you, uh, if you're called to anything other than that, the Bible says there's apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Obviously, you go to King's, King's uh, Chapel, which is with King's Cathedral, and Dr. Morocco understands that, that stuff that there's five offices. But then if you, know, you end up having to shoehorn yourself into a gift that you're not really called to, which I thank God for my father and mother because my dad's an evangelist, and he showed me by example, what an evangelist is. So I didn't, you know, you think if I didn't see that and thought when you get called into the ministry, then you're automatically a pastor. I could be struggling somewhere with a church of 30 people or 50 people going on fast three times a year, trying to get a breakthrough and then never get the breakthrough because I was in the wrong thing. When I had that angel appear to me in my room, the angel said, Jonathan, God has reserved you for this last period of time to be an evangelist, to call men and women that are now in darkness into the light, for soon it will be eternally too late. Do you understand? I said, yes. The angel left, and then it was off to the races from there. Because, and then you can see like how it's going these, these uh, two weeks where God just helps me because I'm in the right thing. Yeah. Even the noon and seven services, which you've probably never heard of, even that developed out of like a challenge with evangelism, where at the time I was licensed with the Assemblies of God, and they sent out an email to all the evangelists uh, and ministers and pastors. I actually had a pastor forward it to me because I didn't check my email. He said, have you seen this? I said, no. Well, they sent from my denomination to all the ministers that the day of having meetings night after night is over. This was like 2007. That people are busy now. They're not going to come out night after night to hear somebody speak and we need to find new and, and, and interesting ways to get the gospel out. And so when I read that, I thought, well, this stinks. I'm already having... Uh, 
enough challenges trying to make a go of this. And now the leadership is telling people, don't have people in, you know, that's not going to work. And I thought, what am I going to do? And as soon as I thought, what am I going to do? I felt the Lord speak to me, start having two services a day. Now you have seven o'clock, start doing noon and seven. Anything the devil tells you doesn't work once, do it twice. And so that, that was quite a thing at the time because nobody was doing that. Nobody. Maybe Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, but he's not, he wasn't in the Assemblies of God. So most of the people I preached for didn't know anything about that. And then most of the guys couldn't have faith to have 7 o'clock. They'd say, well, let's do, you want to do like a Friday night youth thing, and then we'll do a Sunday morning. But as you can see, what happens when you stay at a place night after night is it builds. Somebody gets healed, then brings more people that they've told what God did for them, and the meeting grows. There's people sitting here tonight. You weren't in one meeting in week one. You didn't even know anything was going on week one. And then word got out. I, was, I can't remember who I was talking to today. They said they were just at a place of business in Anchorage, and people are talking about a revival that's going on in Wasilla. That's how it goes. So it has momentum. You do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's over before it starts. You know, so I, I already had to fight through that. Guys would say, well, let's do, I don't know about a week. Let's do Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I'd say, no, let, let's start with the biggest crowd because I did it a few times. You go Friday, there's a handful of people there. If you're not a famous speaker, you know, no one's coming. So you'd have a little bit of, of a crowd, Saturday a little bit of a crowd, and then Sunday you'd have a big crowd that say, oh, I wish I knew you were here Friday and Saturday. So I would tell the pastor, no, even if you just want to do three days, let's do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Because if nobody comes Friday, it's your fault. If nobody comes Monday, it's my fault. So put the pressure on me. Give me start me with the most people, and if I run everybody out of the building and there's tumbleweed and crickets, then, then, then it's on me. But if nobody comes Friday, it's your fault. So then they like that because then the pressure was on me. And then they start trying to shut down the nightly meetings, uh, denominations, and doing different stuff. You know, I come from the, the generation that thought preaching was dead, that you had to do use mime teams and human videos, and all of that can support, but nothing will ever replace the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I read to you why that is, because faith cometh only one way. You can build the faith that you already have, the Bible says pray, or you can stir up the faith that you already have by praying in the Holy Ghost. Pray always in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith, Jude verse 20. But to get more faith, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That'll never be replaced in this dispensation. And so I started, I, you know, the, the pastor's already nervous about doing seven o'clock. I said, well, we're gonna do, I'm gonna do noon and seven too. And the noon, people have to work. And I remember when they challenged me on that, one time I was watching Judge Judy in the afternoon and Judge Judy said, said something that I, I didn't forget. She said, I have about, 30 million viewers every day. And she's not on at night. She's on in the middle of the day. And so she said she has 30 million viewers. You know what that lets you know? Everybody's not busy. Everybody's not working. So I would tell the pastor, that's, the, that's like the way in that the Lord gave me. The guy would say, noon, everybody works. I'd say, no. Have you ever watched Judge Judy? Yes, I have. Well, then I know, number one, you're not working. Amen. <laughs> and n- number two, number, you, know, you like that. It's going to be a good night. This is the loosest. I'm going to, you are a great people. Just so you know, if anybody ever tells you they don't like you, just say, well, there's this guy named Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He lives in the lower 48. He likes me. He said I'm pretty awesome. And uh, his opinion outweighs yours. Amen. So so anyway, you know, I would say, have you ever watched Judy? Yeah. I said, you know, she has the highest rated afternoon show and one of the highest rated shows there is. She has about 30 million viewers. I said, you know what that lets you know? Yes, a lot of people are working. 
but there's also a lot of people that aren't working and, uh, and can come out. And so I don't, I don't know. It's like people are always nervous to take a step forward. I remember the one guy I was talking to. He had under 20 people in his church. He said, well, what if no one shows up? I felt like saying, brother, no one's already showing up. We can't go any lower. It's like when I started off in the gym. My trainer, to be positive, after three weeks said, you're getting stronger. Well, I couldn't get weaker. I was starting off with six-pound weights. I didn't even know they made six-pound weights. They were, like, made out of rubber. Seriously. Like bright colors, like effeminate-looking dumbbells. This is no lie, because I got, I got a membership at a place called uh, L.A. Fitness. And... Um, when I was preaching in Georgia, I would drive an hour to the gym because I didn't, I didn't want to miss it. There was no gym nearby, and I didn't want to break stride. So I'd drive an hour to the gym, and I'm working out. And the lady has me on this workout routine, and the lady next to me is on the same wor workout routine. Th this, this will check your pride. The lady that's next to me that's on that workout routine is on oxygen. She has COPD using the same weights I'm using. And she, she looked over at me like with disgust. With, with tubes. Like, you could just see in her eyes. She didn't say anything, but you could just tell her th like a thought bubble. I don't even have functioning lungs. You're a 38-year-old man. I, have a, I know. That's why I'm coming in. So... So when I switched from like six pound weights, it's embarrassing. And then, you know, that's what I could work out with. So like you get to like number 20, I'm going to have to stand there like an idiot in front of everybody in the gym with a six pound. <laughs> I was like this close to finding out how you get anabolic steroids and just cut, cut into the chase. So after, after about three weeks, five weeks, you know, lady's trying to be positive. She goes, well, you're, you're getting stronger. We're going to switch to that. Like, yeah, can't get weaker. Couldn't, couldn't go down. That's how, well, that's how I felt with that guy. Why is everybody afraid to make steps forward? Well, what if we lose? Lose what? You're already at the bottom. Go higher. I said go higher. And all of you are going higher. You will never hit bottom. You'll never stay still. You're going from glory to glory, victory to victory, and strength to strength in Jesus' name. If you believe it, let a loud Alaska amen come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Everybody say move forward. And anything the devil tells you you can't do, do it more. Hallelujah. So sure enough, that's how it went. Started doing noon. And, uh, and, so, and it was like now. Then the Lord blessed it. The meeting started to build. And then they'd get extended. And that, that actually, in the midst of that, you know, you learn not to accept what you're told, to challenge what you're told. Like David, you read 1 Samuel 17. You know, they try to stop him. We use these weapons instead. You can't, and he just kept, he would not be deterred. Wouldn't it be deterred by his brother? Wouldn't it be deterred by King Saul? He knew what he was supposed to do, and he kept going forward. I pray that gift and spirit of faith that you've received these two weeks will never leave you. That every knucklehead that has the nerve to rise up and tell you you can't do it, you can't go forward, it's hard, it's not going to work, that you will keep going forward. And every enemy that's raised up to tell you that you can't do it, in the end they'll have to come back and lift their hands and say, Hallelujah, the Lord has done great things. If you receive that, go ahead and clap your hands again. 
Amen. You're going to do it. You will be great. You will accomplish the big dreams that are in your heart. Hallelujah. So that, that, that's how we did it. Took a stand for evangelism. Now, I said all that, and what got me triggered about it was there was nothing for evangelists in full gospel circles. So my dad would take me to this thing called the Proclamation Evangelist Network, which was run by Wheaton College, which is a Baptist college. So it was all Baptists except me and my father. And uh, I heard the Baptist perspective, and they have a lot of good things to say. But all they would talk about, because they, don't, they won't deal with the message of the Holy Spirit. Anybody ever... Uh, hear of Joel, Joel Osteen? Anybody ever hear of his father, John Osteen? Well, John Osteen was an evangelist and a pastor, and he started off as a Baptist. He was in the Southern Baptist Convention, and the way that he got started uh, leaving the Southern Baptists and going into the Pentecostal movement was one day he just decided he was always told in seminary, don't get into 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and don't get into 1 Corinthians 14 because you'll get confused. Because they didn't understand, you know, they, they wouldn't deal with the gifts of the Spirit and tongues. And he said, one day I just made up my mind, I'm going to get into it. And so at his big church, I think he had the biggest church. I know it was the biggest Baptist church in Houston, and it might have been the biggest one in Texas. He makes up his mind, I'm going to do a series on it. So he does the nine gifts of the Spirit and begins to explain how they're, how they're all natural gifts. How tongues are people that are gifted to learn more than one language. Interpretation of tongues are interpreters that when you go on the foreign field. And he said, every time... He did a gift and assigned it to a natural ability. He felt a check in his spirit. Does the second one. It gets stronger. Does the third one. He feels checked again by the Holy Ghost. He gets to the fifth one on Sunday morning at his big Baptist church and was so convicted. He said, you know what? Shut his Bible. Shut his notes. Said, you know what? Everything I've said today is not true. Just disregard it. I didn't know what I was talking about and closed in prayer. And then that put him on a search to find what this thing was uh, uh, about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And then T.L. Osborne, I don't know that this is printed anywhere, but the thing that finally convinced him was he had known about T.L. Osborne. Everybody knew about T.L. Osborne. And so he still had questions whether people actually got healed or whether it was hype. T.L. Osborne said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do, John. We have pastors vet the people that we pray for. You be one of the people that vet them. And if they come up and they're faking and you can tell they're faking, then you'll know, and, and you'll, you can walk away from this thing forever. But if you see that it's real, then you'll know it's real, and he agreed. Well, the first person that comes up is pushing their wheelchair, their mother's next to him crying, telling them how they were crippled, is one miracle like that after another, and that's what convinced him and set him on that path. And so the, ba you know, the Baptists are good people, great people. God bless the Baptists. But because they denied the move of the Holy Spirit for this day, all they do when it comes to ministry is focus on the message. And actually, most full gospel places have gotten like that now. There's no altar service. There's nothing like you see Pastor Daniel do on a Sunday. And then they even try to discourage Pastor Daniel out of it. Well, you know, Sunday morning's not really the place for that. You know, and you'll hear other pastors. You, you, you know, you don't change the oil on the showroom floor. No, the Holy Spirit wants to be in his house on Sunday morning. Not a sideshow. He wants to move. So I heard the end, and it helped me a lot. Because that end's important too. I heard about the message and the power of the word and how to preach and Billy Graham's secrets to preaching and all that. And they were great. But Paul didn't end it there. Verse 16, verse 16 I brought you the gospel so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God made holy by the Holy Spirit. 
verse 18. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me. Bring, everybody say, through me. Amen. Bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and. Everybody say, and. Amen. So the message is one part. C4 needs a detonator. C4 without a detonator is just clay. And then uh, the detonator without the C4 is just a watch. But you put them together and they're powerful. And so the message is one part. I'll never forget one time when my dad took me down to that, that Proclamation Evangelist Network thing. Somebody asked him about, or my dad might have just told a story that involved healing. And so he's telling one guy at the lunch table, there's about 160 evangelists there. And two more pulled their chair over. And then like five more. And before you know it, my dad was holding court in the entire lunch area. And it, my dad was on the board of directors of that thing. And again, he probably doesn't want me sharing all this, but you know what? I got the microphone and he doesn't. Amen. No, no, but I, I, it's worth saying because my dad was on, on their like executive committee and they never would have him do anything. They wouldn't even let my dad open in prayer. No, no, the only people that are more scared of the Holy Ghost than the devil are religious people. They won't even let my dad open in prayer. Because you know, maybe he'll accidentally speak in tongues. And then, then what? You, everybody dies? You end up like the guy on Raiders of the Lost Ark that kept his eyes open when they opened the Ark of the Covenant? Relax. Can you say amen? So they don't have, they'd have everybody do stuff except my dad. But you know, you can't stop the Holy Ghost. My dad, my, and my dad is, you've met him, he's like the opposite of me. He's a gentleman, good hygiene, okay, you know, the whole thing. And so he's, he's not trying to usurp anyone. He's telling one guy a story. And two people pull their chair over. Then before you know it, like literally, everyone at lunch, and you would think because they were of denominations that denied that power, that they would be like waiting to argue. Nobody argued. Everybody sat on the edge of their chair, and then they started raising their hands. And they started asking questions. Tell me about how you pray for the sick. And you've actually seen people get healed. Do you know why? Because God wired people. Like my daughter, when we were driving back from the NHL game I took her to. Daddy, I want to see a miracle. Not like on the Superbook cartoon. I want to see one in real life. The Bible says in Isaiah 8.18. You can put it up in the King James. Isaiah 8.18. I and the children that you have given me, we were created for signs and for wonders. Listen to that. I and the children that you have given me, we were created for signs and wonders. I am for, I am a sign and a wonder. I told you when I preached in two, there it is. Here, here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and for wonders in Israel. We are created to be a sign and a wonder in our generation. That, <coughs> that when everybody's children are getting drug addicted, and everybody's homes are getting broken. Yours is whole and prospering. That you are a sign and a wonder because you're moving in the opposite direction of the world. Say that out loud. Say, I'm for signs and wonders. Now, that doesn't mean like I'm for Bernie Sanders or I'm for, it doesn't mean I support signs and wonders. It means I was created to manifest the signs and wonders of God. When you see somebody addicted to drugs staggering down the street, what are they doing? They are manifesting the physical result of being under the power of the devil. But when you serve Jesus Christ, you begin to manifest, not staggering around scratching your face, you begin to heal the sick, cast out devils, and deliver the captives 
lives, your life becomes a sign and a wonder to your generation. You shall be a sign and a wonder to your generation from now until when Jesus comes. If you believe it, shall I receive it? So lift your right hand up and declare it. Say, I am for signs and wonders. Say, I'm not to be in trouble. I'm to get people out of trouble. Say, I don't need prayer. I know how to pray. And I pray for other people. And I get results. I don't need help. I am the help. I'm for signs and wonders. God put me here for such a time as this. Now lift your other hand up next to it and begin to thank God out of your mouth. You're not like everybody else. You're not going to live like everybody else. You're going to do great things. You're going to be used of God to affect your generation. Hallelujah. And I, saw, I still remember that. I was like 25. How all those guys were seated on the edge of their seat. And they wanted here. It's like, yeah, I always thought that. Nobody gets called into the ministry. And feels like, you know, and I'm just, I really feel like God's called me to just kind of like tell three points and like dismiss in prayer. You talk to kids that are calling to the ministry, they're talking, I want to raise the dead. They, and then some, then, then what happens? Some jerk comes and, hey, you know, you know, I know, I remember feeling like that when I was your age, but then, you know, you'll realize it. No, you don't have to realize Jesus is the one that said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. It takes unbelief to turn you into some loser that has the life out of you. No, you're going to receive a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. And God's word will pour forth from you and you shall be great in your generation. So you get the message part, but there's an end. It's not all message. They would take Philip, and Philip went to Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them, and that's what we do as evangelists. Evangelism is the declaration of Jesus Christ to the lost. No, it's not. That's part of it. Can you say amen? amen. But the, how do you skip the rest of the paragraph? He preached Christ unto them. Well, why did they listen to him? And crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles that he did. What kind of miracles? Well, miracles, the grass growing, the sun coming up at, in, in the morning is a miracle. No, that's not a Bible miracle. A miracle is, is the suspension of natural loss by the power, the intervention of God's power in natural loss. And crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles that he did. For many, not a few, many that were crippled were healed and many demon spirits came out screaming as they left their victims. So there was great joy in the city. Now, you want to talk about deliverance ministry. If it was ever needed, the casting out of devils, it's now. Somebody doesn't have to be a witch doctor in India foaming at the mouth. When you see these people on the news all the time just freaking out, holding signs, you have, a, you have passengers. People don't act like that on their own. People have been tossed. Lester Summers, I heard him preach on this a couple weeks ago. Obviously, he did it, you know, decades ago. But I was listening to the video. How he was saying that God created a child to be born in a home and be nurtured with a mother and father. And as the devil breaks that, and people get tossed from home to home, and they get abused by the people that are supposed to be nurturing them, they grow up full of a hatred. And the Bible says anger gives a mighty foothold to the devil. So you have a whole generation that are demonized. 
when I was in uh, Arizona before I came here, the week, the week before I came here, they passed that law in Louisiana that there was no abortions allowed to be done after the, the, the heartbeats detected. Well, you had people out picketing. I mean, this helps you know what side to be on politically. What are the people doing that are picketing? Are they praying in the Holy Ghost? Are they Christians? No. I couldn't even believe they showed it. The lady leading the march for abortion had two pentagram hoop earrings. Yeah, the, the demonic just demonized, and they don't even know it. I have an article that I saved on my phone from today. Man, I feel good. The working witches of Los Angeles. This is in the LA Times. This isn't some charismatic journal of some person that's hypersensitive to demon power. The LA Times, the working witches of Los Angeles. Just want you to be your best self. Here's, here's one of them. The Oracle of Los Angeles was unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. No, thank you. I want to use the LA Times for my parakeet to poop on. It, the, the Oracle of Los Angeles was feeling frazzled. It was clearly 2 p.m., and she hadn't had time to prepare lunch, much, much less wipe the ash from her altar. A tarot card client had just left her yellow craftsman house in West Adams evidenced by the smell of incense still lingering in the air. You know, I'm reading this. I wonder how many people in this crowd dabble with tarot cards and incense and all that stuff. You have Christians that are on their Facebook. I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, you are? Why do you define yourself by the stars and consult people who supposedly can read the stars when you could go to the one who made the stars and called them all by name? Let me see if I can get through this article with my blood pressure not going up. <laughs> Smell of incense lingering. Because people dabble. They don't know stuff. That's true. I've always had to take a beating, you know, from everybody. Basically outcast by mainline churches and outcast by, by Pentecostal churches. Because Pentecostal churches don't like prosperity. Charismatic churches don't like soul winning. And Baptist churches don't like the Holy Ghost. So just hook up with other cool people here and there. And do your thing and then find a bunch more. Amen. But I, I care about, you can tell I'm not legalistic. If you met my wife, you can definitely tell I'm not legalistic. She said, Are, am I allowed to, now that I'm a preacher's wife, am I allowed to wear makeup? I said, you're not allowed to not wear makeup. Wear it all the time. Look nice. Can you say Amen. I'm not legalistic, but I'll tell you, I'm not, you know, you study the roots of yoga, deep breathing from India to receive, to open yourself to demon possession. Yeah, but I don't use it for that. Okay, then do, go do it. I don't even want to do anything that, that comes from any of that stuff. I don't have incense. Smells like, like dirty people. Well, it makes the room smell better. No, it makes it smell like weirdos. And if rightwing.watch is, org.watch is watching, right-wing evangelist says incense, quote, makes things smell like weirdos. Yes, I did say it. And I stick by it. And I don't trick or treat. I don't take one night of the year and have my kid dress up like a demon. 
and I don't, partic- I don't, you know, I don't, per- and I'm not looking to make anybody feel bad. I'm looking to make everybody feel bad. No, I'm not looking to make anybody feel bad. But I, let me tell you, I, I keep an eye out for what the origins of things are, and I know what side I'm on. I'm not on the Broadway that leads to destruction. I live in this world, but I've chosen a path. Where we were staying in or- outside of Orlando when my wife did her women's conference was a Jewish enclave. I love watching my brothers. Because they don't give two poos what the rest of the world's doing. They'll grow their curly little sideburns out. They're not picking up a copy of GQ to see whether it's in style or not. It hasn't been in style for 500 years. And they don't care. And their big black hat's not in style. And the black suspender's not in style. They understand what it means to be a peculiar people. And then you go outside of uh, uh, near where your dad has a place. Jewish enclave there. The mall is empty on Saturday. Nobody's shopping. It's the Sabbath. Then you go to the mall on Sunday, every Christian, they don't don't get. That part never got over to the Gentiles about what it means to be a peculiar people that I'm not like everybody else. I know you don't understand how I live, but I understand it. I've received the blessing from it, and I'm not laying it down. I don't care if it's Halloween. Kiss off. Buy my kid candy all, all year. I'm not having it. Well, she she doesn't have to dress up like that. She can dress up like a. I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm saying it's stupid. It's stupid. Go door to door on a night that's the sacred night of Satanism. But we don't see it that way. I don't care how you see it. You don't participate in it. You make a clear line of distinction between you and the world. Can you say amen? Say this out loud. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. And so you keep a separation. I don't have any incense in my house. I don't have, you don't go to tarot card. You have to go through this stuff. People go, they lose their mother or lose their father and go into some dilapidated building with half the letters burn out on the sign. Test some shaved head, smelly woman. If she can contact their aunt or their mother. And you notice they all say the same thing. Your mother's in a better place. She said that she's proud of you. She's watching over you. You never hear one say what happened in Luke 16. That the brother said, let me go back. I have five brothers. Let me warn them about this place so they won't go here when they die. Everybody's not in heaven. Got preachers. Every time Billy Graham died, you had preachers put rest in peace. We don't rest in peace. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. RIP is an acronym to gloss over that there's a really, there really is a heaven and there's really a hell. So you will rest in peace. He's in a better place. In America, the devil could die and people would say he's in a better place. He was a good guy, you know. Everybody, like everybody's in heaven. Everybody's not in heaven. In fact, the Bible says, Jesus said, broad is the road that leads to hell. For the many that choose the easy way. But the path that leads to heaven is straight and narrow and only a few ever find it. So we're RIP, rest in peace. He's in a better place. So then nobody ever has to confront the fact that how you live while you're on the earth is going to determine where you spend eternity. That's the primary reason we're doing the meetings anyway. That's why I love Baptists. They actually care about that. Go door to door. Does your child go to Sunday? Because they know, even though they they leave out all the faith stuff, but they at least get people to heaven, which is the end game. Can you say amen? Amen. 
So you got people that mix in. Oh, my husband died. I just want to hear his voice one more time. I'm sure you do. That's your motivation to go to heaven. But that lady isn't a, can't bring him back from the dead. The Bible says in Luke 16, there's no crossing over. Yeah, but he just, she never met my husband, and she described him with perfect accuracy. Yeah, that's because there's a demon called a familiar spirit that familiarizes itself with a person's traits, mannerisms, and customs to deceive those who are grieving the loss of a loved one. Yeah, you don't go over to the devil's side to get answers. If those people are really psychics, how come they always buy the real estate that's the worst real estate in town? How come they didn't know that the O and the E on the open sign was going to burn out? And if they're so great at giving financial advice, why don't they have enough money to replace it? They're all in some dilapidated shack. How can you not even just look at a psychic's place and tell that lady is not blessed? You can tell by the building that woman is cursed. And you can tell by that church that's going up on that mountain that we serve a God who owns all the silver and all the gold and has the blessing to make you rich. It was already 2 p.m. and she hadn't had time to prepare lunch. Within an hour, she was scheduled to meet with other clients who were struggling to complete a a PhD thesis. In the meantime, she still had to prepare for her weekly podcast, creating a purifying ceremony for a new business and get her nails done for a reality TV appearance. Any downtime would be consumed with writing. You can't even blame these businesses for bringing witches in to bless their place. What preacher would you bring in? They don't believe in prosperity. We don't believe in that. So then they go to the the dark side because the church won't talk about blessing. People want spiritual help. If they can't get it from the church, they're going to look elsewhere. I wouldn't preached in Europe for three weeks. I said to Europe, well, people here, you know, it's a very secular place, very high education. People don't really believe in spiritual things. Then you turn the TV on at night. There's nine channels from 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. that are nothing but psychics. Call a number and get a prophecy about your future from a, you're just looking at the people. You know, ask that person for advice. I can take it from here, boss. So I, I got up and preached. I said, don't tell me people aren't interested in spiritual things. Amen. Well, that's a shame. They all go to psychics. Well, how come nobody has, there's nobody to go to with the word of knowledge? I have people to call. My Uncle Ted calls me. He'll drift in and out. Jonathan, there's going to be two guys that call you at the end of the month. God's going to open two new doors for you. When you go there, God's going to raise up evangelists. I, I go to the Lord. The devil tries to imitate what the Spirit of God does. But you want to know something? The devil is a created being. He is not omniscient. He doesn't know everything. He doesn't know what, you want to know something? He doesn't know what's going to happen five seconds from now other than what's outlined in Bible prophecy. The devil can't predict the future. He has limited knowledge. He doesn't know what you're thinking unless you say it. But God knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the one that is, the one that was, and the one that's still to come. If you know you serve the Almighty God, clap your hands, all ye people. Don't, Don't mix the devil into the equation. Do you know we had a lady call our office at the, either the beginning of this year or the end of last year? 
She went to go see a sick. People don't know. They don't talk about this stuff in regular church. That's not really something to mention on Sunday morning. Well, what is? You don't have, you canceled all the other services. I wonder all the churches are closing down left, right, and center. Build a big building and have meeting it for 80 minutes a week and then leave it empty. What a waste. The Bible says in the book of Acts, they were daily in the temple. Prayer services and in the ministry of the word. And look when you go back to doing things with it. It works in 2019 the same way it worked in 49. Not 1949, 49. Can you say amen? The Oracle, who also goes by, I won't say her name, I don't know how lawsuits work, is a former arts director with a Master of Fine Arts in Writing, Film, and Critical Theory from California Institute of the Arts. For the past eight years, she's made her living as a professional witch, performing energetic healings intuitive empowerment sessions, and the occasional exorcism, while also teaching workshops on the art of magic online and at her home, independent stores, and sites like, and it says the name of the site. The Oracle, this is what she goes by, understands the value of marketing. So she also devotes several hours each week to outreach, writing newsletters, updating her website, and sharing tips on social media on topics such as how to break a curse using the disruptive energy of a lunar eclipse. If you think being a witch is just sitting around doing spells all the time, you think wrong, she says. Half my business is being on Instagram. What do you think of when you hear the word witch? Pointy black hats, the Salem witch trials, the free-spirited members of the pagan religion Wicca? Today's working witches, whose prominence is growing thanks to social media, primarily see themselves as healers. They help clients who are struggling to cope with life's hurdles, heartache, aging, misogyny, work stress, and who find that more culturally accepted remedies such as therapy and meditation aren't enough. By the way, this is from today. This is some like newspaper clipping I've been traveling around with since 1984. They want to help you be your best possible self, or as Oracle puts it, my contribution is to cultivate beauty and love in my clients and help them thrive. There's no official list of job duties for witches. I'll skip down. I would say she does spiritual coaching, one of her clients says. You can go see her the way you might see a rabbi or a pastor. So there it is. I pray that church gets built with such speed and gets so packed up on that hill two times a Sunday, then three times a Sunday, then three times a Sunday with tents on the outside with heaters for the overflow section. I'm going to tell you right now, my generation isn't going to the dark side. My generation shall be saved by the power of my almighty God. If you think all this witch talk is fringe thinking, it isn't. A 2017 survey from the Pew Research Center that examined New Age beliefs in America, 2017, found that 40% of respondents believe in psychics and another 40% believe that inanimate objects like mountains and trees are imbued with spiritual energy. It also found that 33% of Americans believe in reincarnation, 29% believe in astrology, and 60% say they hold at least one of these New Age beliefs. Ancidotal evidence seems to indicate the number of people who call themselves witches is growing. Interest in witchcraft waxes and wanes, but it is waxing again, particularly among young women, says Helen Berger, a professor at Brandeis University who's been studying witches and pagans for 30 years. At least half a dozen books. While I'm reading this, pull up the video. Um, just search Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Camden, C-A-M-D-E-N, 
uh, week recap. Should be nine minutes. I'm going to show you a little witch I came into contact with. I'll show you how that ended. I'll tell you how it ends. Me wearing a nice red-blue blazer, red blazer with blue stripes. And she, I don't know where she went. I think she went to jail, actually. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. And you mess with one of God's servants, let God arise and his enemies will. Will what? Lift your hands all over this place. Anything that comes from the demonic realm, including all sickness and disease, that had the nerve to come into this place tonight, it vacates your body and vacates your life. God is arising now, and every enemy of his children scatters now in Jesus' mighty name. So rejoice and be glad, for the Lord has given you the victory. At least half a dozen books on witchcraft have been released in the past six months alone. Museums and universities like UCLA, UC Berkeley, and Smith are inviting witches to lecture. These are at secular universities. Make sure your kid gets good grades so you can send them there. To lecture and lead worships on their campuses. And there are more places than ever to buy crystals, candles, incense, and other tools of the witch trade, both online and in stores. Here in Southern California, the Magical Supply Shop House of Intuition opened in Echo Park in 2010. In the last few years, it's expanded into a full-fledged chain with storefront in Pasadena, Long Beach, Santa Monica, Highland Park, and West Hollywood. Uh, for the sake of time, we'll skip down a little more. The queer witch, or bruja, which is Spanish for witch, who goes by Loba Loca, specializes in herbalism and traditional massage. However, much of Loba's work, you can't even get a massage like when you go on vacation anymore. Go lay down. You just want like your muscles loose. Do you mind if I contact my spirit guides first? Yes. <laughs> However, much of Loba's work involves simply talking with clients, pure counseling. Loba, who uses the pronouns they, them. It's amazing that people now don't even hide their demon possession. I'm a two-spirit person. Okay, that's one too many. I'm a multiple spirit person. I have different personalities. Yes, you do. It's not normal. You can identify that way if you want, but it is a, the Bible talks about demon spirits. And demon spirits, when they inhabit you, they will never leave you better than they found you. I, I, could, I mean, there's ministers I've talked to that got into that stuff before they were saved. The demon would tell them that they could have certain powers if they did certain things. And then they started upping what they had to do. And then even when they would do the things, they would start destroying them anyway. The devil doesn't love people. The devil hates people. Everything you ever do with the devil will end with you destroyed. But when you hook up with God, God will never leave you the way he found you. And he never changes people for the worse. He changes them for the better. Oh, yeah, it's fine. I'm not even done with this video. I mean this uh, article, who used the pronouns they and them, grew up in Peru and Chile and now lives in a first floor apartment near MacArthur Park with a sprawling garden in front. I'm telling you, as I'm reading this, I'm like, I'm going to, probably 2020, I'm going to go on a tear back through the United States outdoors like the video I'm going to get you to play. I'm going I'm to remind the devil that this country does not belong to you. I was born here. I was here first. 
And the Bible says, wherever your foot shall tread, you will be on land that I have given to you. And let me just make an announcement. If any witches are watching now or in the future, you can pack up now or you can get packed up. Because I'm going to tell you, I'm not putting up with it. Darkness does not drive out light. Light drives out darkness. If all of you ganged up to stop what we're doing, you couldn't slow it down. If God is for us, nobody can be against us. I feel like calling fire down. Inside their dimly lit living room, dozens of jars of dried flowers and leaves are stacked on metal shelves. Some of these go into the scrubs, moisturizers, and facial sprays. Loba sells on their website. You know, it's, it's amazing, too, even as you read this. Do you think the Los Angeles Times would do a nice article like this on Pastor Daniel and me? No, if we were selling flowers, we'd be the worst. They sell these flowers to people that don't even have enough money to buy breakfast. But then witches can sell whatever they want. You can call a one, you can charge on a 1-900 number to get your fortune read, $5 for the first minute, 90 cents each additional minute, and you never hear one word about it in the world. But then preachers would just take free will offerings. Free will. No one has to give against their will, and many don't. And you, they still, why do they have to take offerings all the time? Because you start to realize the devil wants the money to dry up so that these people can market their darkness to a generation. But I made up my mind about 10 years back. I don't care what uh, New York Times, the LA Times, CNN or MSNBC thinks I should do. I know what I'm called to do. I'm going to get it done. And I'm going to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter now into the joy of the Lord. Lobo learned their craft for, I mean, when would you ever, let me, let me, I would love, if you're watching from the LA Times, where is one article on, on somebody that practices divine healing like this? I could, put a, I could put a video up on the screen right now of a friend of mine from South Africa. I showed Pastor Daniel earlier today. Vessels de Bruyne. He's younger than me. Just in his meeting a couple nights ago, I, I re, retweeted it. He had a girl that was born blind in one eye when she was 15, and he prayed for her. And then he said, put your hand over your eye. You could tell she still couldn't see. And then he said, tell me how many fingers I'm holding up. And, she could tell she, and then she saw. You could tell she saw. And she starts crying as she's holding up the fingers. And her mom starts crying. You don't see a whiff of it in any news, including Christian news. Just ignore the Holy Ghost. You actually have the greatest move of God that's ever hit this planet going on right now. It's underway. I could play you videos that would, that would blow your mind. Bishop David Oyadepo builds a 50,000-seat church. They now have five packed services on Sunday with over 100,000 people in overflow every time. And you don't hear anything about it. And then his son in the faith, Paul Aninci, just, just dedicated the Glory Dome, 100,000 seats. They had to get an architect from China because there's nothing to even base it on. There's no indoor. There's only like, what is it, like five stadiums, four stadiums, six stadiums, in the world that have over 100,000 people and they're all outdoors. So an indoor with air and proper climate, there wasn't even anything. They had to make up a building, something the world has never done. You know, you hear people, I believe one day the church will do things the world hasn't done. Yeah, that day was yesterday. We're already doing it. There is a revival shaking this planet. And it, it, the tentacles of which have even stretched to Wasilla.
Revival's not coming. We are in revival. And that's why there's this flare-up of witchcraft. The devil's making his last great attempt because the Bible says in the book of Revelation that Satan, knowing his time was short, Satan knows his time's short. I, mean, I don't know if you saw, you know, they don't cover it on the news, we just, whether Khloe Kardashian came out with a new fragrance or something. You had, you had uh, oil tankers attacked in the Gulf of Oman, and then they're saying, you know, Secretary Pompeo, who's a, a, a war guy, is saying that it's Iran, and so that, that'll launch... You get involved with Iran, then you drag Russia and China, into, and then that's World War III. So you, you, you are like half steps. And that World War III in the Bible is called Arma, yeah, which is at the end of the tribulation. So if you, and the rapture is at the beginning, because God never poured out any of his wrath while his children were still on the earth. Noah was sealed in the boat, not when the flood came. They didn't swim to the boat. Before the first drop of rain fell, they were sealed in the boat. God never poured out his judgment on a place while his children was, were still there. Can you say amen? Yes. But if the rapture happens first, and you already see the signs for the things happening at the end of the rapture, if you're seeing signs for Christmas sales, how much closer is Thanksgiving? So knowing that this, I'm telling you, 2020, I'm going to go on a run. I'm going to run in 2020 like I've never run. I can feel it right now. Go up and down the U.S., I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set a goal, and I don't exaggerate my numbers. I know some people, they get a million people saved every seven minutes. God bless them. But I'm, I'm going to go for like 100,000 first-time decisions for Christ next year because this is it. Without a miracle, without a miracle, 2020 will be the last election the United States ever has because they're already doing everything in their power you're going to have about 5,000 Muslims run for political office in the next election. I don't mean president. I mean Senate, House. And uh, they're going to look. They're going to look to do away with the whole thing and do what the plan is, where you have the G20 pass something, and then the U.S. You don't have elected officials do it. You have these global governing bodies, G20, you know, like they just did in Europe where they passed a thing that they're going to start shutting down people's Twitter and Facebook accounts. They passed it in Europe, not in the Senate, not our elected officials, and then they bring it back and just ramrod it through. And that's why they hate Trump. Because then Trump just says, well, I'm not doing it. We passed the Paris Accord. Everybody has to cut down emissions for a global tax. Yeah, we're not doing it. So they hate Trump, not because he's the stuff they say on TV. He keeps bucking the global order. And every advance, I'm not saying you have to like him. I understand he's not everybody's cup of tea. You're a racist against orange people or whatever. But if you see through it, that you have politicians that are pro-globalism, and you have very few that are anti-globalism, then you start understanding it's not about personalities. It's not about whether, well, Hillary Clinton went to a Methodist church. The devil goes to church. I don't care. If my mother was running for president, who I love, and she was pro-open borders, you know why we're not for open borders? And my wife is Hispanic, and I made another Hispanic through my wife. So you can't tell me I'm racist. If I am, I'm the worst racist known to man. Fathering more Hispanic children does not go over well at clan meetings. You want to know why I'm not for open borders? Because it has nothing to do 
with people needing help coming through. The Bible says there will be a one world government with a one world leader that is called the one world money system, one world military, and no man can buy or sell unless he's given a mark in his right hand and in his forehead. And the Bible does not say that's from the Spirit of God. The Bible says that's from a thing called Antichrist. And that's what, that, did you ever wonder? And they're going to destroy Israel. Once the world unites, they'll unite against Israel and look to wipe it off the face of the earth. But Christ will return with us on white horses and will fight for Israel and deliver it. So, did you ever wonder why pro-open borders always goes with anti-Israel, pro-LGBT, it's all the same. It's a spirit. It's not Democrat-Republican. It is a devil. That America is actually the last strong nation that's left on planet Earth. Well, you're just saying that because you're here. No, I'm saying it because I travel. They don't have freedom of speech other places. Every, that's why I don't leave the country much. Sick of having pastors pull me aside. Well, just so you know, you can't say this here. Don't tell me what I can't say. I'm a preacher. I'm not a patsy. I don't ask permission. Did Elijah ask Ahab for permission what he could say? Or did he say, thus saith the Lord? You might have lost your balls, but I have not. Needed to be said. Could that get you an applause? That's why I love you. Because you want to know the truth? There's going to be religious people watching on Facebook that are more offended that I said balls than they are about abortion, that it's gay pride month, that all the things that are going on. But I'm not religious. My enemy is the devil. I've come to stomp his head and deliver a generation out of his foul curse. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know a gentleman doesn't talk like that, but I'm not a gentleman. I dress this way to trick people. If If you could see my spirit man, he has on overalls, no shirt, and like a straw hat. Barefoot with a 45 on his side. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say better amen? amen? Yeah. So when you start seeing things, why is it that when the, the tide starts turning and they start defunding abortion, that the people leading the protest are covered in satanic reg- regalia? That it is open, demonic. The devil doesn't even hide it anymore. Articles in the LA Times now touting this lesbian witch. Yeah, it's demonic. Did you know gay pride has been so foul? I feel so bold. I'm on like a level 12. <laughs> gay pride month has been so foul this month that it has actually turned sinners against it. Good, everybody jumping on police cars and like gyrating against it. It's a devil. It's not normal. And if you're watching on rightwingwatch.org, quote it. It's a devil. It's an unclean spirit of sexual immorality. 
And I know, I know the whole country has lost its mind, but I haven't. It is wicked to have your children marching in a parade while people are in thongs gyrating. That has nothing to do with Christianity. You are an unfit parent. It's child abuse. It is child abuse to take your eight-year-old boy and put mascara on him and dress him up in a bikini. You have lost your mind. It's wrong. And I know we've been shamed. You know I'm going to say it. It needs to be said that this foul devil that has so confused the generation, I break its hold tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. It's, it's wicked. And if you're watching me, I'm against the sin, but the children don't have a choice. It's a wicked spirit. I'm telling you, I feel I'm going to run. I'm, I'm going to run. I'm going to make a run through this nation. You know, these next 18 months are going to be the worst 18 months the devil's ever had. I can tell you right now. That's why he has his shorts in a knot. That's why he's raging. Because he already knows. God didn't say in the last days the devil's going to take over. God said in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So he's doing everything he can. But guess what, Jack? It's not enough. You lost the battle 2,000 years ago. And we're on the winning side. Go ahead. Take 30 seconds. Clap your hands, all you people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You're going to think I'm just trying to cover my tracks. I tell you, any lesbian watching, any, any person that's in the homosexual lifestyle, you think with this face I have, I don't like, I love you. I'll do anything I could to reach you. And you say, I'm happy that way. Sure, but there's many that aren't. That on the inside, and many didn't choose it. Many got abused when they were little, passed around in homes with uncles that are full of the devil that did stuff to them and they never recovered. But if you call on Jesus, he'll take that foul thing out of you and he'll set you free. See if I can find this other article. Here's one article I'm saving. You, by the way, I have a YouTube channel, Jonathan Shuttlesworth. It'd be worth watching the next few weeks. Because I might only have a few weeks on there. If they're going to start banning us, then I'm just going to I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm not going to start watching what I say. This is America. This is not the USSR. going to say this isn't you know, USSR. Russia actually has more freedom that way on the online than there is here. Canada is starting to shut down everybody's Facebook and Twitter because they have an election. They thought they could ramrod Hillary through and everyone would do what they say, and they didn't realize the American people will actually dig and read. Found out she was getting involved in occultic stuff. They didn't like it. And they didn't vote. 
Even the people that didn't like Trump wouldn't go vote for Hillary. They could, there's been enough preaching in this country that people can still spot a witch. There's something don't smell right about that lady. And they wouldn't go vote for her. Even people that hated Trump. I don't like Trump and I'm not voting for her either. So she lost. So now they're freaking out. Because 25 years of globalist plans. Didn't it start with Obama? You had, I mean, even with Reagan. Reagan won and they put the old man Bush, head of the CIA, to watch over him. He could only go so far. Then you had Bush. I know the Bushes quoted or uh, courted the church. They went to a ceremony in California. They remember a skull and bones, secret society which is condemned in the Bible, and they worshiped an owl in Bohemian Grove. Read it. So I know they went to that little church in Kenny Bunkport. Let me tell you something. A witch could go to that little church in Kenny Bunkport, and the pastor wouldn't know the difference. It's a spiritless, backslidden, apostate church. You can't trick me because you go to church one Sunday a month. It don't mean anything to me. I look at your policies because nobody can have the spirit of Christ and get with the Antichrist agenda. Nobody. Can't be anti-family. You can't let stuff come out of your mouth. The family's whatever it wants to be. Abortion's really a woman's choice. It's her body. It's not her body. It's a separate body. Man, you can't take a sea turtle's eggs or you go to jail for decades and you can take a scalpel now. What state just passed the, the Illinois? Now the baby's head can come out and you can slice the head open and suck the brain out. Now, if I'm supposed to just lay low, I can't. It's wrong. I'm not going to go up to heaven and duck my head when I see Elijah. Well, you know, you know they didn't like me talking like, no. I want them standing. I want Wigglesworth, Elijah, Jesus, Paul to be up there going, that's right. You tell them. They told their generation. Lester Summerall told his generation. Billy Sunday told his generation. And there needs to be a new generation of on-fire Christians that will tell their generation the truth. The truth. This is not a Christian publication. I read very few Christian things. I live in the real world. I don't want to be in the charisma bubble. Jonathan, do you know who the presbyter of this section of Arkansas is? No, and neither does anyone else. You're in some little Christian bubble. I want to make, I want to do what your pastor did. That church, just by being there on a hill. Man, what a middle finger to the devil. To, to have, listen, to have it say, Welcome to Wasilla with a Holy Ghost church right above it. Do you think that's the first building the devil wants people to see? But guess what? He doesn't like it, but it can't stop it. He doesn't like you, but it can't stop you. I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not. Go ahead, take 30 more seconds and let it rip. Make the devil mad. Make the forces of hell nervous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I bet you feel like going down to California and starting that church like tonight at midnight. That's how I feel about running. I, I, Father, I thank you ahead of time for open doors. I thank you for mayors that are friendly to the gospel. I thank you for using my life to undo every strategy of the devil to destroy the United States. 
Leave politics out of the pulpit. Then leave politics out of what I preach on. You're the one that started the fight by redefining what marriage is not created by the state. Marriage is recognized by the state and was ordained by God. And you put your hands in it. So don't push me and tell me I can't punch back. I can finish turning the cheek in like 1997. You only have two cheeks. Turn the other cheek. I did, and I'm done. The Bible says in Ezekiel that a minister is a watchman on the wall to warn the nation. Church isn't an escape from reality. Some kind of like spiritual marijuana to smoke to kind of just get you through. Bible says in Jeremiah, I have appointed you to uproot and tear down to plant and build. So it's not all plant and build and ignore. The Bible says in Romans, love what is good, but then there's a second part. Hate what is evil. Not hate evil people, hate what is evil. Look at this article. These are all from, or this is three days ago. Why is it that every left-wing movement is anti-Semitic and anti-American? You know, why, why is it? Why is it that the same people that are pro-LGBT are for Israel turning all their land over? It's just demonic. Some, sometimes, not here, obviously, you guys are just special, like awesome. But a lot of times, older people that watch have a tough time with this stuff because they were Democrat or, or Republican, but it's, it's not like it used to be. I mean, it's not even like it was in 2008. Democrats used to be against gay marriage. Barack Obama said he was against gay marriage. Hillary Clinton said she was against gay marriage. Democrats used to be pro-labor and Republican were pro-business owner. And basically they agreed on, they were pro-church, pro-family, defined marriage the same. And then one party got hijacked. We even have guys like, uh, who's the guy from West Virginia? Senator Manchin. That he's an old dude, he can't get with it. He doesn't vote with him. Because he grew up in the same little unincorporated town as my Uncle Ted. My Uncle Ted would hold Bible. It's amazing how the Lord will use you. My grandfather was friends with Senator Manchin from West Virginia. The Democrat was friends with his father, Dr. Manchin, in Farmington, West Virginia. A town so small, good luck finding it, even on Google Maps. And then because of that influence... Then my Uncle Ted knew Brother Manchin. Did you know when my grandfather died after preaching for 62 years? Senator Manchin was at my grandmother, my little Pentecostal grandmother. She's like four foot five now. Was at her house within four hours asking if there's anything he could do. Gave her the best health care package, the best burial for my grandfather because my grandfather helped his father come to faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. So that seed that he got of the word of God has made it where when they were swearing in Kavanaugh, the Supreme Court judge, why did all hell break loose over that? Because he's a wicked man? No, because it has to do with overturning abortion. That it was now going to swing. That's the thing with Trump and Hillary that people don't get. They are, the media gets everybody seeing personality. I don't like Trump. He's mean. I don't like what. Get personality out. If you vote for him, because you're, I mean, you listen to the people at the interview. I'm going to vote for him because I heard he has a golden retriever and I also have a golden retriever. You are dumb. Let me tell you something. The Delta Airlines pilot that's flying me tomorrow night from Anchorage to Salt Lake City, I don't care if he likes dogs. I don't care if he prays every morning. He better know how to fly a plane. 
I don't care about my plumber's personality. I want my toilet fixed. And I didn't vote for a pastor. I wanted a wrecking ball, an orange wrecking ball that would destroy every United Nations plan to destroy this country. I don't want somebody that's complicit with it. Can you say amen? Amen. So when they go to swearing Kavanaugh, there's one Democrat that they want everybody to vote the same way, and he won't. And who's the Democrat that broke rank? Joe Manchin. Because he had enough background in the Pentecostal movement with my Uncle Ted and he can't get on board with the abortion thing and is willing to break it. So my grandfather pastored in that little town near Ida May, West Virginia, middle of nowhere. God used him during the ministry to impact that doctor who had a son that went to the Senate and the seed of the gospel affected it where it got turned. So now, why did you never see states repeal Planned Parenthood funding? before now because they knew it would get appealed through the Ninth Circuit, they'd shoot it down and then if it got past the Ninth Circuit, the Supreme Court would shoot it down. But now what they don't tell you on the news is while Trump's firing out crazy tweets and they talk about it for 24 hours, he has appointed like 1,200 federal judges that now even the Ninth Circuit that they send everything to leans conservative in San Francisco. So now you have states everybody say the tide is turning. So now you have states, one after another, that no, now it won't get overturned. Louisiana, they start freaking out about Alabama, and then Louisiana, and then another state, and then another state, and another state, and the thing is snowballing. Can you say amen? Because I'm going to tell you right now, the reason I can tell you all this stuff, and it's harsh information, but you can tell I'm not like, you know, that depressed end time preaching that I used to hear growing up. Not from my dad, but from, we just need to pray. No, we're on the winning side. And I always held out hope from the time the Lord called me in 1988. And I saw this stuff happening. And I thought, man, I wish I could have been called in 1950 when the presidents would, would invite the preachers to the White House. And they called the National Day of Prayer. And they desired help from the church. Why did I have to be born this time where they hate the church and they're exalting pagan religions? And I felt the Lord speak to me. Be faithful. Be instant in season and out of season. It's out of season right now. There's a hostility to the gospel. This was in 2007. But remain faithful. And soon the tide will turn. And it'll come back around. And the government will be favorable to preachers again. And an open door will come again into the hearts of the nation to hear the gospel. We are in that time now. This is that time. This is the hour of the army of the Lord. And it's time to work while it is still called day. I prayed for this day. I prayed for this day. Franklin Graham gets carted off the White House lawn a few years back. They don't want any prayer. Beat it. Then you have this guy now that whatever, for whatever reason, I know the reason actually, Donald Trump's father took him to go see the Billy Graham revival in New York City in the 1950s. That's what he said at the funeral. He said, my father was a big fan of Billy Graham. And when he was holding the meeting in Madison Square Garden, the last night when it was at Yankee Stadium with 92,000 people, my father said, come on, son. Come on, mom. We're going to hear Billy Graham. And they went. And somehow they got a soft spot for the gospel and started to like preachers. And then a man comes into the White House that values prayer. 
You know, whatever you think about. I don't understand how people can be so tolerant of everything. And then, well, he'd been married three times. So you've been married four times. Everybody holds somebody to a standard they can't keep. I'm not saying the guy's perfect. Who is? But I am saying that loves the church. National Day of Prayer, he didn't have everybody pray. He had preachers pray. Then takes all the heat for it in the media. There no Hindus were praying. No Buddhists were praying. He doesn't care. In fact, Paula White was sitting behind him. I know this because I know people that were there on the White House lawn. And they were having the dead dry preachers pray off of their red prayers. And he leaned over mid-prayer to Paula White, who was not scheduled to pray, and said, you pray next and save this thing. These people don't know how to pray. He likes the Holy Ghost. And I'm, I'm still holding on. I'm still holding on. I'm not just believing that Donald Trump will serve the Lord. I'm believing that God will baptize him in the Holy Ghost while he's still in office. And there'll be a national day of prayer and fasting. And that God will beat back every agenda of the devil. Righteousness exalts a nation. But sin brings reproach to the people or a curse on the people. You cannot have a nation prosper when the righteous are forced to pay the penalty of the curse of the wicked. You can't make people work from January 1st to May 20th to pay for other people's abortions and birth control. Why do the church, what do the church have to say about what I do in the privacy of my own home? Do whatever you want, but don't make me pay for it. Amen. You don't have to buy your condoms. Buy your own or deal with it. People should be able to keep the money that they earn. Not constantly have to kick in more and more to pay for the results of casinos, which breed drug addiction and murder and violence. Try to Try to finance the consequences of sin by legalizing more sin and taxing it. Now they're, now they're having debate in New York about making prostitution like it is in Amsterdam because we can get the tax money. Yeah, keep it up. The thing will fall into the ocean by the time you're done. Sin brings a curse wherever it goes. My dad with the red hair that's been here, he lives in Bangor, Maine. Bangor, Maine, Maine there's no people. There's mooses. And lobster, and like no people. And then they decide, well, to generate revenue, we'll start opening casinos. And yeah, there'll be some problems, but there'll be job openings. And then there'll be, uh, we can take the money and help the schools. Now Bangor has murders. They never had murders. Like, it'd be like, like Big Lake having, having murders. Or like, like Palmer having like 11 murders in a month. Just random murders. Because people lose their money, are all out, are on drugs. And the whole thing, you open the door to the devil, you don't get to define how far he can come in. You open the door, he'll do whatever he pleases. Well, New York needs more money now. They can't raise the taxes anymore because it's at 50-some percent. You have borough tax, state tax, and federal tax. If you make over 300000 a year in New York, you pay 51% income tax in a country that was founded on a rebellion against taxation. 
And then now, because they can't tax people anymore, because people are already working three jobs just to pay the bills, so now you're going to legalize prostitution so you can tax that. Well, watch, watch how that goes. That'll bring its own set of problems. Good Lord. Where do you think you get prostitutes from? Prostitution college? They come from human traffickers. It starts bringing that up. How dumb can you get and still breathe? And I refuse to be a preacher that reads that in the picture. Isn't that a shame? No. No, that's, I'm called to do something about it. What do you do about it? Righteousness is the, so how do you get righteousness? Faith comes by hearing. How can they call on him whom they've never heard? How can they hear unless somebody tells them? How can they tell them unless they go? I believe that out of today's meeting, God will raise 10 evangelists up out of this meeting, young people. If you're calling to the ministry, you feel the call of God on your, on your life, you felt it during these two weeks, seriously pray about what, what office the Lord has you to hold. Don't just become a youth pastor. Don't just become an associate or a pastor. There's a gift called the evangelist. And it's needed more now. Oral Roberts threw his tent up all over the place. The devil, man, it's pretty powerful to read. The devil tried to shut him down before he could get started holding a little tent meeting before he had the 10,000-seater in Enid, Oklahoma, his hometown. And a guy walks right under the tent. So if you, you know, nothing's changed. Same devil. Right in the 40s. Guy walks right up to him while he's preaching with a revolver and shoots it from like four feet. And Oral Roberts looks down and looks back up at him. There's a hole in his jacket, hole in his shirt, and no mark on his skin. And when the guy saw it, he shook and fell down and began to call out to God that he was sorry. So they put it in the newspaper nationwide that some small town evangelist, somebody came under the tent and shot him, and the bullet didn't go through, and that's how Oral Roberts went nationwide. What the devil meant to bring him down actually gave him a national platform. And I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ, whatever the devil's done against you to bring you down, it's going to blow up in his face in Jesus' mighty name. You're not going to die small. You're going to do great things for God. Hallelujah. 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 Hear ye, O earth, the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those men threw their tents up all over the nation, kept the pace. T.L. Osborne had more people saved in one year than every missions organization of a denomination had put together, all added together with all their missionaries. God can anoint one man, one woman. He can do it tonight. Listen to me. God can anoint one man, one woman. Just like, what did he tell Gideon? You will destroy them as if they were one man. I don't care if there's 10,000 witches in America. One believer that's full of the Holy Ghost will blow their rear ends off the continent. Get on your little broom and fly home. My God is not an idol. My God is the living God. <laughs> Hallelujah. He knows my name. I know his name. He lives in my heart. I'm not asked to do anything in my own strength. He gives me his strength. 
I'm not asked to pay for it with my money. He gives me access to his money. He said, Jonathan, whatever you can believe me for and speak, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed and your command will be obeyed. All that's required is that you really believe and do not doubt in your heart. Listen to me, you can pray for anything. And if you believe, you will have whatsoever you say. You can be a small little evangelist if you want, but if you ask of me, I will give you the nations. The heathen is your inheritance. I'll use you to change what the devil had planned for your generation. That's the job of a minister. Not to say, what a shame. No, it's to make the devil sorry he didn't kill you when you were in the womb or when you were on crack or when you were whatever else, that he will rue the day that he lets you slip out of his grip because from now on, you're going to bust his head every day that your feet hit the ground. Those guys served their generation. <laughs> R.W. Shambach didn't put his tent up in a state park field. He would put his tent up <laughs> where the police wouldn't go. My cousin Teddy that was here in the beginning of the year, he used to play organ in his meetings. When they went to go preach in the Bronx, they went to the projects. <laughs> it's funny because you think there's like projects, but then when you go meet the people who live in the projects, there's the good projects and the bad projects. He would go in the worst part where like the government would warn him not to go in. Set up his tent. Teddy said when they, praise God. I'm telling you, I can already see in my spirit these next 18 months are going to be glorious. I see the Lord drawing all kinds of people into that church on top of the hill. I believe ministry will begin in that, in that area. Wherever OSHA lets people walk, it'll start before the buildings even open. That God will begin to draw people there. I believe even the bears will come to have a look. And they'll say, my grandfather, my great-great-great-grandfather bear told me about a guy named Noah that preached like this. Now it's happening again. Hallelujah. And they'll look in the little window. Maybe I've been watching too much Winnie the Pooh, but we'll just go with it. Amen. Praise God. That house will be... That house will be a sign and a wonder. If people are mad that it's being built, wait how mad they get when they see what the Lord built it for. For the glory of the latter house. Shall be greater than the glory of the former house. Hallelujah. 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 Lift your hands and close your eyes wherever you're at and just begin to thank God that you're not just going to watch it happen. God's going God's to use you to make it happen. I won the Gentiles by the way he worked through me. God doesn't just go do it. God needs a vessel to yield themselves. In Jesus' name. Anyway, they go to set the tent up in the Bronx. Teddy said to clear the lot to drive the stakes in. They loaded a pickup truck flatbed full of used syringes and found three dead bodies. That's where he'd put his tent. That's some nice little state park fields. So they can gather all of the Church of God churches for their annual tent meeting. Go take a tent, 
where there's no suitable building. And then blast the praise and worship music. And that anointed music, people start coming out. Come and fill the tent. They start praying, that old man. At that point, he's like in his early 70s. Be 5,000 people under the tent. I came to tell you, there's nothing the devil's done to you. Many of you have children in jail. Many of you have children on drugs. Many of you are on drugs. You think your life's over. And even that voice, I came to tell you, there's nothing the devil's done to you that God can't do something about it tonight. And gang members and sinners would be like you up on their feet clapping because faith will put that in anybody. I believe I can make it again. And give the altar call, get saved, and start praying for the sick. Start anointing the children with oil. Put a towel around his arm. Douse it with oil. And slap, when he slapped the oil, there was spray. They weren't trying to conserve oil. He actually would have a bucket of oil. Lay hands, I mean like 75, and lay hands on 4,000 people. Hallelujah. Then people start getting saved by the thousands. Crime starts dropping. And then you have funny stuff happen in meetings like that. Like, for example, so now you have all these former criminals that aren't, haven't been saved that long. You know, gang members, Latin kings, Crips, Bloods, everybody sitting there. They've been saved. They're saved, but they haven't been saved a little bit, you know. Then he's preaching one night, taking the offering for us. Because the crusade back then in the 90s cost $350,000, and he had no financial backing. He'd raise it in the hood. So he'd teach on giving for like 50 minutes, God forbid. They'd take the offering in big gray Rubbermaid trash barrels. So he's, one night he's teaching them on the offering. Nobody has a problem with it. They're loving it. Amen. Drug dealers are turning money in. They're happy. And then so he's taking the offering and some religious guy snuck in there. So this white guy, Teddy was there. This white guy stands up. It's like an all-black crowd. White guy stands up. These people have come to be healed. And all you've done is talk about money for an hour. You should be ashamed of yourself. These poor people. You don't call poor people poor people. So Teddy said, as he yells that out, women started standing up. He's like, not like three, like all over, and started taking their shoes off and moving towards him. He said, one lady that moved past him that was on his way to the guy went, nobody talks about my pastor like that. Security threw him out of the meeting for his own good. He was about to be beaten down by new converts. You heard of people being stoned to death? He was about to be shooed to death. It's fun doing ministry the right way. You're going to leave almost every meeting with something to laugh about. Do you see how the Lord did that? Do you see how the Lord did that? I'm going to tell you that's how your life's going to be. It's going to be one, one laughter after another. Every tear that you cried, that God's going to give you reason to laugh five times in the face of the devil. And it's going to start right now. I said it's going to start right now. It begins tonight in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. So rejoice and be glad. Go ahead and celebrate it. Take 60 seconds and praise it down. As the praises go up, the blessings come down. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. <laughs> Here's another article I have saved. Chinese Christians memorize entire Bible in prison. 
Quote, government can't take what's hidden in your heart. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. The, not only revival rain, blessing rain. Any revival moves God's people forward. Get ready. I won't even say get ready. I'll just congratulate you in advance. Congratulations in advance for the greatest 18 months you've ever had on planet earth. In Jesus' name. Here's another one I say that I'm going to do. Progressive, it's another one. Progressive occultism. This is not Christian. Has become the de facto religion of progressives. That has the goat's head in the pentagram. That they actually, you know, it's going, it's a showdown between demonic power and the power of God. And if you read the Bible, you already know how it ends every single time. But I'd pick what side you're on. Because if you're in the middle, you're going to get run over. Got a Bible on your lampstand and tarot cards in the drawer, you're going to get your rear end run over. All those that are on the Lord's side, come over here and then get full of the Holy Ghost. Because demons don't cast us out, we cast out demons. I can't find the other one I have to say. It's fine. So you start realizing that there's a real devil. And his main resistance is not to haunt your room. His main resistance is to keep the gospel from going out. And the first major, you know, I'd cast demons out of people, but the first time I ever had the devil like oppose one of my crusades was a witch in Camden, New Jersey, started to tear down all our flyers and then spread a thing on Facebook that what we were doing was actually human trafficking. We were trying to get a bunch of people on the field and then we were going to kidnap them. So it, it spreads through, I mean, people shared it like over a thousand times. <clears throat> and then so the mayor gets wind of it and calls our crusade director and says, I want to know what you people are doing. Now, first of all, who notified the witch? None of our stuff said anything about a gospel crusade. So obviously, she, in her spirit, could pick up what we were carrying. Can you say amen? amen. And then started ripping everything down. So the mayor finds out, you know, this thing's going all through Facebook, that this is actually a scam. So he calls our crusade director. We tell him, we have the videos from the other crusades we didn't show him. He gets so excited, he endorses it from city council. And the first night, three witches came to the meeting and stood in the back, which I didn't know. I didn't even know any of this was going on because they kept everything from me. So I could just come in and preach with a clean spirit and not be mad at the permit director and all that. So I stand up. And I go to do my normal greeting, welcome to the Festival of Life. My name is Jonathan Shelsworth, and then this shoots out. I want, to know, I want you to know everybody is welcome here tonight, no matter who you are. Even if you're a witch, you'll notice we left space at the back for you to park your brooms. And when I said it, everybody laughed and pointed at them and laughed because they knew they were there, and they sulked off the field. So the mayor got so mad that that lady had ripped down all of our stuff that he did a search on her to find out who she was and found out she had two warrants out and she was in jail within 48 hours. That's right. And I did not bail her out. I don't run a compassion ministry. I run an evangelistic ministry. You can sit there for a long time with your little witch behind. Go make a spell in the toilet. Amen. Go stir in the little middle toilet. Hallelujah. I got, I got no time for that. 
So obviously they had done some spells or whatever they did because Monday night, it was right after Charlottesville, I start preaching and I said, uh, as I'm ready to give the altar call, the lights go out, all the power goes out and we had it hooked up to generators. So the, even the, the electricians, the union electricians from Camden that you have to use, they got saved. Because they saw there is no way. This thing's real. As I'm getting ready to call them to Christ, all the power goes out. And the thing's full of gas. you got six union electricians running it. They said, that's not even possible. It's on backup power. And so you think when the lights go out and the sound goes out, first of all, you think I need a microphone? If I was a little stool-sitting, latte-drinking, share-a-few-thoughts guy, I'd have been in trouble. But I'm not. And so when the lights went out, you'd have thought the crowd would have scattered. You actually could see on the faces of the crowd that they knew. It was like their eyes got big and they're like, shoot, this thing's for real. Right when this guy's telling me there's a war on for my soul, the power dash. So they all press forward like this. And then I gave the call. And in the midst of giving the call, a police officer who got saved later that night, crying. He, he came up to me and said, this was after it. He said, Jonathan, I heard you preach tonight. Can I ask you something? I come over. He said, I'm a Marine. And he said, I've, I've killed a lot of people. Can I go to heaven? And he's crying. So I start telling him about Old Testament Bible characters and how many people they killed. David, Samson. By the time I get to like the fifth one, he's like, oh, I, th I think I could be a saint from the Catholic Church. <laughs> so I say, yeah, you can receive Jesus right now. Grabs my hand. We pray. has to collect himself a bunch of times crying. Gives me a big hug. You know, when I was preaching, he was so captivated by the preaching that when the power went out, you lose your job for this. He ran to his car and grabbed the riot control bullhorn, ran up on the stage next to me and put it in my hand and went, keep preaching with, with the city bullhorn. And so I preached. You have fun. You have fun doing it God's way. Can you say amen? How many know the ministry can be draining? You're doing it wrong. And that was the day that I made up my mind. If the devil wants to play it like that, then I'm not having little Baptisty crusades where we just give a salvation altar call and get the decision cards. I said, after, go to the tent and fill out your decision cards. And then we're going to line you back up in the field, which is like the last thing security wants you to do. You know, you're, Camden had the highest murder rate in the United States. And you're going to just go waltzing through the, I don't care. Then, then kill me. I don't care. I would rather die then. Giving it my all, then, well, you got to be safe. I'm not being, I'm already picked a thing that's dangerous. It's like being a Navy SEAL. Be like, well, we need to play it safe. You're in Yemen. Just go for it. <laughs> and so I said, line, every, line up. I said, you don't have to have prayer, but I'm going to pray for everybody that wants prayer. Everyone stayed and texted their friends from the projects to come, bring your child, bring this, all that. And some people went out under the power in the mud. No catcher laying there with like water up to their cheeks, trembling under the power. And that was when I saw that the devil has a hold on people in this nation like you'd think overseas. Girl, you're going to hear from Kennedy Crisis Center, which is a mental institution in Philadelphia. They had to kick her out of public school because they couldn't even have class with her there because she was out of her mind. Never would stop hearing voices from the time she was 5 till 14. And you didn't watch what happened. That the devil tried to shut the power down and he got routed that night. And then that was the first week that the crowds grew every night. Before we'd have a big crowd opening night, then it would drop, level off, and grow at the end. 
And this time it just kept growing because you understand that you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not about marketing. It's about, it's about spiritual power. And America's had about 30 years of powerless, cleaned up corporate church. And it's time to turn the faucet back on and let the river flow. Go ahead and roll the, the Camden, New Jersey video. Watch what happened and I'm going to pray for everybody. Good job finding it. Every single festival is different than the next, and volunteers and staff members usually remember them for one thing or another. Here in Canton, we all agree that the spiritual opposition and victory were the greatest. One week before Festival of Life began, a Camden woman spread Facebook rumors that Festival of Life flyers were the work of human traffickers. Her post picked up traction. 905 you shares. You all know. That ain't nothing free, because if that's the case, all of us working single mommies will be having our bills and stuff paid. So when y'all see stuff like this, please take it down. Festival of Life quickly got in front of the lie with truth trafficking. Our post was viewed 110,000 times and shared over 1,800 times. As a result, the festival received the endorsement of Camden City Council. Opening night, over 3,100 people flooded Benita Park. 591 received Jesus. I've never seen the Lord touch people like this on opening Joy. night. I want to find God. I want to know him Listen more. These people. These and I want to be with him. I want him to be the person that I run to when I cry because it seems like I can't find it in nobody else. Every unclean thing in your blood, I tell you, you're not going to die, you're going to live. I have a blood disorder, yes. Every unclean thing in your blood's already gone. I believe it. I believe him. I believe him. When God touches you, it's only the beginning. It always gets better. My grandfather was a minister. I came from a background, but I took my Shahada to be Muslim like a, a year and a half ago, but I think I'm changing back over. That's right. Monday night at Festival of Life. This Camden was the night. It's one of the best nights. Monday Miracle we ever Night. Had. And it lived up to its name. Jesus loves you. Jesus te ama. No matter who you are. No matter the color. In the midst of a powerful sermon, the generator died. The lights went out, but the power turned on. The devil can cut that power, but he can't cut this power. Not a single person left, and peace flooded the fields. With no microphone and standing in the dark, evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth led 717 people to the light. eventually turned back on, that's when Miracle Monday began to manifest. She has beat me, told me horrible things like this. Demon possessed. Mother-daughter relationship. It was, cops had to get involved, diapers had to get involved. Like I said, she's been hospitalized multiple times. We're known at Kennedy Crisis. Katana is 13 years old and has been tormented by voices since she was five. They would haunt me like nightmares. I would see the most hideous thing. You don't understand how it's the first time that her face lit up and she's looking at him preach and her face just lit up. 
and she's so happy. She's like, Mommy, I see her worshiping. That one moment was a, it was a miracle. I felt it ripped out of me. It was like I was entirely new. For the first time in 13 years, like almost 13 years, she tells me, Mommy, I don't hear the voices anymore. That's a miracle. We don't need more dead religion. No necesitamos más religión muerta. We need a new generation of Dominicans. Necesitamos una generación nueva de dominicanos. Mexicans. Mexicanos. Puerto Ricans. Puerto Ricanos. Black people. Morenos. White people. Blancos. That are filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. Can't explain it. Full of the devil. Can't this wa it. Was, watch. He just came to me. He just came to me and he was just like, I'm not going to have any more seizures. You'll never have another Watch you fly out. About my seizures. I recently just had three seizures in one day. Three seizures in like, one day. She's 27. Body. Destiny had seizures, metal screws in her back and neck, and constant. 27 she screws in her back and seizures. To get around. Freaking devil. She returned to the festival the next day, walking freely for the first time in years, pain free. I prophesy in the name of Jesus. You ain't gonna die. You're gonna live. God's gonna use you. You're gonna preach the gospel. In Jesus' name. For some, healing comes in the laying on of hands. Others have faith so strong and simple that they are healed just by hearing the word. On Monday, he came, he was here, and when he was here in the evangelist preached that to um, receive, put your, uh, lay your hands over the affected part, and because he was hearing the testimonies, and he said, hey, if those things happen um, to, to those people, why can't they happen to me? Monday in the morning, when he woke up and he didn't feel the pain, he just began to start moving it, started doing everything that he couldn't do before, so that... I called my daughter, my son, I called all my family. I said, wow, God is good. Alyssa Lennox was healed from cancer after praying with evangelist Jonathan Schultz on the live during stream. a Facebook Live broadcast at Festival of Life in Allentown earlier in 2017. It's amazing that not being here in person but watching him live, I was able to get that miracle. Doctors had Alyssa retested three times and couldn't because find they couldn't a find one cell of cancer. Cell. Usually, when you have that bad a result the first time, you're used to seeing cancer cells, and they found. Nothing, but they said, you know, just to be sure, we'll do another. See that guy with you know, in my head, I'm like, you know, see the guy with the dog in the background. Jesus Christ is still the great physician. Jesus Christ is still the great physician. Jesus Christ is still the great physician. Jesus Christ is still the mejor medico. When you call on him tonight, he will answer you. He will deliver you out of all your trouble. Many of the people seem to have a similar trouble depression, and a spirit of suicide. I actually wrote you I was going to commit suicide. And when I came here Sunday, it stopped. You know, I used to be a cutter before. I used to actually cut myself. But just like Jesus said, he delivered them from all their trouble. About me coming here and hearing the word from Jonathan, Pastor Jonathan, he saved my life. I sleep through the night without screaming. Just crying. Scream through the night. This week I've slept all through the night. Because it only takes one person in a family. To say enough is enough. I'm going to live my life for God. I'm not going to sell out to the world. I prophesy tonight in the name of Jesus. 
bendizo esta noche en el nombre de Jesús. Not only are you going to be saved, no solo tú serás salvo. God's going to save your family. Each of the testimonies represent a family that no longer has to deal with the emotional, financial, physical, and spiritual struggle of their former burden. Camden families were changed, and it all started with meeting their physical needs. Festival of Life gave away a thousand grocery boxes, $20,000 in bill pays and prizes, and 500 book bags for the kids to take back to school. It was so fun getting a backpack. I got supplies. Oh, I have a book bag and it's like a tealish green and a pink zipper. It's more than a backpack. It's more than that. It's love, it's support, it's, you feel the vibe here. Festival of Life came to Camden to save souls and the love of God was so strong that it was a healing bomb. It was just beautiful for me to see everybody interacting under one God, no matter who, you know, what color of your skin it was, all those differences were put to the side to come and worship God together. And my faith was restored. Total attendance for the week was 13,440 people. Twice they received personal prayer 2,800 people gave their life to Jesus. That's it for Festival of Life here in Camden. We are now packing up and heading to West Virginia for Festival of Life. On so the one, I, the one I played a couple weeks ago, or a couple nights ago in West Virginia, that was like two weeks later. I did seven of those in one year, basically on the summer. My accountant told me we'd run out of money in June. Didn't run out. I'll run out then. At least I'll find out how far I could go. Never run out. You'll never hit bottom with God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto you. And it's supernatural. Supernatural go to one of the ten poorest places in the United States and preach and have money come in. It don't make any sense. Should hold a, a thing at the Marriott Ballroom in, in uh, you know, Temecula, California or something. But God's interested in the winning of the lost. He's interested in souls. If you go after what he wants, God will take care of you. Can you say Amen. That one guy, I don't know if you can see him in the background, he's a huge police officer, and he's got this big black dog that, uh, I can't remember if it's, uh, what's that one kind of dog? The, the real big one. Mastiff. I think it's a Mastiff, I can't remember, but it's a trained attack dog. So he came to Camden, and he was the most stoic guy. He used to, he, I think he was Special Forces in Desert Storm, almost 50. And he had the dog with him. He never really talked to me. Then I go to the next meeting, and he's there in West Virginia. I said, weren't you with the police officer in Camden? I am. Why are you here? He said, I'll be at every meeting, that you, every one of these that you do from now on. Wow. So he was, you know, they got that dog. Some people say, like, well, you, you got to be careful. Where you're going is dangerous. Let me tell you something. Somebody gets out of line, they're going to be dog poo. <laughs> he walks through the crowd with that dog. With a look on his face, like, it'll take this spunk out of people that are looking to cause trouble. We have, the only thing we've ever had to use security for in 12 of those events is to, is to keep order so that people don't trample each other trying to get to me to hug me. That's a fact. People are so moved. That woman that said I was going to commit suicide, if you looked at her Twitter account, the night the meeting started, her last tweet was, I hope my family understands for what I'm about to do. And then they say, well, how did you come? She said, I just thought before I killed myself, I heard they're having something at the, I just go see what it was. And then she's there every night wearing festival of life clothing. People don't even have like clothes in America. 
It's not that we're anti, we love Hondurans and everybody. But you got to, if you can't take care of the people that are already here, you can't bring in a million more. The thing's broken. People aren't eating, kids don't have food. Can you say amen? How, how can a 30, back then, a 36-year-old come and give food and the people say, this is, no, we've never had anyone do this for us before. How does the government not do that for you? And then even seeing that, I could pull up another video. If I had time, maybe I'll do it tomorrow. Where you, a mass Muslim prayer. Everybody in burqas, like thousands of them. And they say, is this Saudi Arabia? No, it's Philadelphia, which was the city across the river that you could see. And now I realize why that guy jacked the price up so high because that was the district I went to. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have to let the thing rot away. What if all of, the, all of the Islamic and like the Islamic jihadist sect of, of Islam that they flooded Philadelphia with? What if instead of saying, well, isn't that, well, they're already here. What if instead you made it backfire on the devil? Where all of the Somalis, where you can't preach the gospel, and Saudi Arabians, and people from wherever, Yemen and Oman, that you go to where the government has stuck them all, meaning to flip it a certain way, and instead get them saved by the thousands, filled with the Holy Ghost, and start having Somali churches and Yemeni churches and churches for people from Oman and get people saved. <laughs> Lift your hands one final time. I'll just tell you right now, every plan the devil has for the destruction of this country, both from the outside and from within, it is brought low tonight. The tide has already turned, and the tide will continue to turn. Planned Parenthood will be flattened. They can rage all they want. It's our, the plug's already been pulled. I tell you, the heavy hand of God will sweep through the camp of the wicked, and the preaching of the gospel will ransom this generation by the millions before Jesus comes back. With your hands lifted, just begin to call it down in the Holy Ghost. Begin to pray in the Spirit. I'm going to pray for my own, my own. I'm getting ready to run. I feel the wind of heaven. I'm getting ready to go for you, Lord. Give us good open doors. Bring people by the, I pray there'll never be a night with less than 10,000. I pray there'll never be an altar call with under 1,000 people. In Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead, 30 more seconds. Pray, pray, pray from your spirit. Call down fire in the camp of the wicked. Call down the fire of God, the fire of the Holy Ghost to this generation. Pray. Fallen Eagle River, fallen Wasilla, fallen Anchorage, fallen Nome, fallen every little village. Ricatiasta, Minneapolis, Philadelphia, New York City, Boston, Massachusetts. Prindiamando repastede. Rimando, give me this vision clear, Lord. Show me how to do it. Show me how to navigate. Give us 100,000 souls in 2020. In Jesus' mighty name. Prindiamando repostege. Prindiamando reki. Loose the supply. Open the venues. Give us the key people in the city. In Jesus' mighty name.
Everybody, we couldn't reach these two weeks. Let them be reached before the end of the year. Let there be at least one member of every family in Wasilla that's born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. One member of every family minimum. And I'll ask you for something big, oh Lord. I pray before you call for your church to come out of the earth, I pray you would allow me to win at least one member of every family on planet earth to Jesus Christ. Through YouTube, through Facebook, through television, through digital radio, through live preaching, through everything. I pray you would, thank you for expanding our platform, but I pray you would multiply it even more. Expand our territory in Jesus' mighty name. Bless us indeed. I pray through Thailand and Southeast Asia and China and the Chinese that are all through Africa and South Africa and Central Africa and North Africa and Europe and the Balkans and Russia and South America and Central America. America and North America and Alaska and Hawaii and our islands of the sea and the Caribbean. I pray that you would shake this generation. Shake them one more time. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost go forth. Amen. Now with your hands, let's just begin to worship him out of your mouth and thank him that it's done. Thank him that he's heard us. I pray going into this next school year that even the 15-year-olds the and 16-year-olds that are here, they would come into that place with a fire. In Jesus' mighty name. I thank you for electrifying the king's chapels all over the world. Thank you for the life that's in them. Breathe fresh life into them today. Touch Brother Morocco where he's at. Give him a minimum. Give him 20 more strong years, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Strengthen his body. Increase his already strong anointing. Bless him and Colleen. I pray you, I thank you, Father, that you've blessed them already, but make them super rich. Embarrass them with riches. And my friends that are here in Wasilla, Father, embarrass them with blessings. Give them so much blessing that they're embarrassed by how good you've been to them. But they don't even want to let people know how big their house is and what they, you've given them. Bless your children. With your hands lifted, say this out loud. Father, Father embarrass, me embarrass me with your blessings, with your blessings. This, year. this year. And now let me pray for myself. Father, embarrass me and Adolis with your blessings this year. In Jesus' name. Begin to thank him that he's going to do it. Embarrass me with blessings. Father, I pray Pastor Daniel goes to make a deposit for the ministry at the bank one day this year. And the the teller does a double take and says, how much? What are you people going to use all this for? I pray you just start astounding people that this world would know this is not a 501c3 nonprofit. This is the church of the living God. Abrigo, stay Gabra.
I pray you'd raise up. I pray you'd raise up an army of evangelists in Alaska and in the United States. I pray young people would start feeling the draw. And that their ministries wouldn't be hijacked by dead denominations. I pray you would set them on fire and they would stay in fire. In Jesus' mighty name. You know, when I was here a year or two ago, I was standing by Pastor Daniel on the front row and he leaned over to me out of the blue and he said, God's going to send young evangelists to you that ask for help, that they feel called and they don't know what to do and you're to help them. And a, kid, a Russian kid called me. He's a Russian living in Florida. And he said, I feel, I've been watching you on YouTube. I've never met you, but I feel called to be an evangelist. Can I, I saw you're coming to Jacksonville. Can I meet you at your next meeting and you pray for me? And then, it was been, then I Skyped into my office today. And we're having that business of ministry. And there's like three young evangelists. One, one got kid just raised his own money, raised like 20 grand and did one in Harrisburg. Wore like a bow tie, stood on the stage. Got a bunch of people saved, like 40 or 60, which is great when you're in your early 20s. People who haven't done that their whole ministry. No offense, anybody listening down the hill. And then uh, there's another kid from Colorado that I don't think I've ever met. He's, in a, he's, he's starting asking, came there for advice. How I feel to do this. They're just working, you know, not in a rebellious way. But they're just, they're not like waiting for somebody to have them speak a Wednesday night. They're just going out where the poor, where Jesus said to go and preaching the gospel. Can you say amen? Amen. He sent the 72 out two by two and told them to go and told them where to go. He didn't say, try to see if you can get somebody at the synagogue to invite you to preach. They just went and preached. Can you say amen? Amen. Anybody ever hear of Billy Sunday? Billy Sunday was a baseball player for the Chicago White Sox. They finished the game and they were leaving the White Sox Stadium and going to the bar to drink. And as he's walking in, there was a group from that, like, Garden Mission. Okay. What's it called? The Garden Mission. So they have a team out doing, like, with an accordion on, on the sidewalk, doing street ministry, singing. Look how the Holy Ghost works. He's walking with two teammates from the Chicago White Sox, and the song they happened to be playing was the song his Christian mother would sing to him before bed. So he says to his two friends, go, go on ahead in the bar. I'm just going to hear the rest of the song, and then I'll be in. Big mistake. So he stands there and listens to the rest of the song, and then the, one of the street preachers comes out and just starts preaching against alcohol. And Billy Sunday's dad was a drunk. It messed their family up. And he's thinking, man, I'm going in to drink, doing the same thing. This guy's right. And he gives his, <laughs> his, two, his two teammates. Pictures happen like somebody from like the Yankees or the Pirates today. So his two teammates come back. I'm like, hey, man, we bought you a drink. We're waiting for you. Where are you? And he's like up front with his hands lifted, receiving Jesus Christ. So then he becomes an evangelist. And starts preaching against, basically against alcohol. How it's destroying the country. And you need to get rid of it. To the point that there's such a move of God in the country that they amend the constitution that it's illegal to sell alcohol. For 10 years. Because 
one little group that held a little meeting on a corner in downtown Chicago. Don't ever worry that you only got three people saved. You know the night Billy Graham got saved? He was the only one that came to the altar. So it looked like the night was a complete failure, but it turned out it was okay. Because not just it's not just how many you get saved. It's the, that's why I started laying hands on the people and haven't stopped. Camden was where we started. Because it's not just getting people saved and then ushering them off, giving them a new believer's Bible. They need to get. Remember what Peter said? Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be filled with the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. But you do to make an impact on earth. And once you get saved, God wants to give you fire so you can impact your generation. Sam Dalen, did I, or Dalen, Dalen, if you would stand under your feet, go ahead and step out in the aisle. Lift both hands to the Lord. As I'm getting ready to take another run, that wasn't a word of knowledge, I've seen him on Facebook. As I'm getting ready to take another run, so shall you take another run, and it won't be you toughing it out, just basically John Wayne in it. And not paying attention to your, to your body and ignoring the pain. The Lord takes the pain from you. The Lord heals your body tonight. And you're going to go on one more run. And you, should the Lord tarry, you'll see more people saved in these next 10 years than you have in all the years before. Crowds like they did in Camden, crowds will begin to come supernaturally to your tent. Crowds will come wherever you hold a meeting. When you open your Bible, it'll be like a magnet. For native Alaskans. That's it. It's not time to die. Sorry that you just have to be in attendance in my private prayer time. But I ask you, Lord, as I feel your presence now, the same thing I asked you on the fast at the beginning of the year. Anytime I open your word, I don't, I don't anywhere, not in church, anywhere, I pray it would just be like a magnet for a crowd. Your word demands an audience. And the anointing demands an audience. I pray if I go to a town of 60 people and open your Bible, there'd never be less than 1,000 in attendance. I pray any time I open your word from now on, supernaturally, like in the book of Acts, like in Acts chapter 2, that you would sound a noise and bring people. Supernaturally. I ask you in Jesus' name, 
and I expect its delivery, for you said I can ask what I will. And I'm asking according for the building of your kingdom. My how church growth conferences have changed. You know what Oral Roberts told one of my friends that's a pastor in the ministry? When he asked him, how, how do you grow the church? Oral Roberts said, when you preach, when you preach in a strong enough anointing that you can feel the anointing hitting the back wall and coming back to you, then it'll fill the building. He said, the anointing demands an audience. What kind of advice is that? No, you need to be enough parking if you preach with a strong enough anointing that you can feel the anointing go out, hit the wall, and come back, it'll fill the room wherever you go. See, that's how those guys talk. It was... Anyone who is sick in your body, and I mean like sick. I don't mean like, you know, you got a cut on your pinky. I'm talking like you need organ help. You need heart help. You've been diagnosed with cancer, something like that. I want you to quickly line shoulder to shoulder straight across the front. And if you're ever going to get healed from me laying my hands on you, it'll be now because I don't feel like I'm standing here by myself. I'll start with you because I like you anyway. Come right up. Sit on the edge of your seat and look me in the eye the whole time. I like that. Lift your hands, close your eyes. I tell you. <laughs> it's over. This Be filled and be
last name's Reese? Again, that's from Facebook. It's not a word at all. Come up to the other. Last week I'd ask, would you mind if I pray? But if you've been coming since now, it's your fault. Stay down. If it's that hard to get up, you're still drunk. Tell me what difference you felt in the last 48 hours. Uh, a lot more energy. I'm not in bed all the time. With How long would you be in bed on average in a day? 18 hours. You've been in all the services. Since the first day I came. How's that? How's that, the appetite? You need it. Lift both hands, close both eyes. Father, I thank you for the progress that's already been noted. And I thank you for your word that said you will perfect that which remains concerning us. Now, the fulfillment of the whole miracle. No remnant of cancer, no remnant of the treatments of cancer. Don't die. 
stay alive. Don't be sick. No treatments, no back and forth to the hospital. How about, how about a blessing? Lift both hands all over this place. In the name of Jesus, from today, the only time you go to the hospital is to pray somebody else out. And that somebody's not allowed to be anybody in your immediate family. Say, I receive it. Do you mind if I prayed for you? I'm from Pittsburgh, and you wore black and gold, so you're kind of asking for it. Lift both hands, put one hand where your heart and lungs are. Any unclean cell in your body, I command it in Jesus' name to dissolve and come out now. No more, nobody cutting on you anymore. Look at you. And since then. When? When was this? Last week? The 5th. Oh, the 5th of, of, of June. Thursday, a week ago. You haven't taken any Parkinson's medication? No. How do you feel? Good. Yeah. Mm. Did, you hear, did you hear it online or you were here? I was here. And I said, I did say that. Somebody with Parkinson's was going to clean. That's right. I don't say. Well, enjoy. Thank you. I'll leave you alone. Come here. Praise the Lord. Give me one second. My friend in the gray zip up. Come right out. Today's a new beginning. Fire. Come on. Let me see your hand. Put your other hand where your heart and your lungs are. Every unclean cell in your body. I command your blood to be regenerated. Clean blood. No disease. Say this with me. Say, thank you, Jesus. I'm too pretty to die. Yeah, feels good, right? Keep saying. Oh, <laughs> 
So good, so good. friend with the blonde hair. You were in my meetings like when I first started coming here. Come right up. <laughs> I remember you. You can stay right there with both your hands, close both eyes. Praise God. Be filled. Just take a lap. Again, I would ask if you mind if I pray for you, but if you don't want to pray for you, quit coming. <laughs> Come right out. anybody's online and they say he hypnotizes the people. No hypnotist tells you to close your eyes, stupid. You will never be the same. And remember, once the Lord touches you, don't marry an idiot. It's like the key to life. Get saved and don't marry an idiot. Follow those two rules, things go swimmingly. Praise the Lord. Grew up Catholic. No, it's a joke because you're kneeling facing the seat. Praise God. You don't even have to stand up. Just lift your other hand to the Lord. Everything turns around for your good from tonight. Tomorrow you wake up singing a new song. Saying the Lord has done wonderful things for me. He turned my morning into dancing. He's lifted my sorrow. I cannot stay quiet. I will sing for what the Lord has done. I saw her and Fred Meyer. I thought she was going to try to put a cloth on me. Oh, yeah. Sorry for the long delay. Father, thank you for the manifold things you've already done. Now perfect that which remains. In Jesus' name. 
dijo. Looks like I've made a mess. Now prepare for your wife. Lift your hands right there. Not so much for now, but when you end up down in California, anybody the devil would send to steal your joy. Make you dread going into the church, your own church. There's a pastor's wife I knew. She'd lock herself in the bathroom before church and then directly go in there dismissing in prayer and lock herself in the bathroom until everybody left. Because there's people that say dumb stuff that the devil sends. Obviously, you have a smart husband. He won't let it happen. But then other people think you have to just let it happen. Praise God. You'll never lose your joy ministry will be so fun. Lift your hands all the way up. As you do, the fire of God falls upon you. Done. You heard how we push the people now? Sooner or later, people just have to admit that there's a Holy Spirit. Sweet Holy Spirit. Sweet Heavenly Dove. Stay right here with us, filling us with your love. And for these blessings. Amen. You mind if I pray for you? My, you know I like you the best no, no, behind you. Yeah, you know you're you know you're my favorite anyway. Great woman. Well, real quick, before you come out of the eye, mind if I pray for you? I am waiting for that Okay. I can tell you are not only live in Alaska, you are originally from Alaska. Yes. Put both hands where you're on your sides. New kidneys, new pancreas. and feet and hips Amen. and back. Yes. Amen. I receive this. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Lift your other hand. Jesus Christ. Don't hold on to me. I'm the problem. Lift your hands all the way up. Put one hand on your belly. Miki Riketoshte Gabradasto Gobrodo. Just like when God told Solomon, I'm gonna make you rich, he was already rich. You've done well, but the Lord's gonna take you to another, another height.
Mind if I pray for you? You know, first night. Oh, that's why I asked. I didn't recognize you, so I just want to give you a chance. Lift your hands all the way up, close both eyes. God's going to use you. Close into you right now. Mighty river. That'll give you a little bit of floating you off the head for right here. Appreciate you guys coming. Thank you. God bless you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it'd be a great time to do it. Especially with those boats getting ready to go down in the Gulf of Oman. Be it a good night to lay your head down to the pillow and know you're ready to go if the trumpet sounds. The tomb is empty. You know, I understand everything's spiritual and the reason people can't believe is because their minds are blinded. But I mean, the resurrection's irrefutable. Not from a Bible standpoint, from a historical standpoint. You need to be born again. You need to be living for Jesus Christ. You need to be living holy in a world that celebrates wickedness. Only those whose robes are white will be ready for the coming of the Lord. Are you living a holy life? Or as Jesus has waited his coming, have you allowed yourself to dabble in things as part of your lifestyle that the Bible still condemns as sin? If you get rid of it tonight, the Lord will forgive you. It's one of the first things I read, Romans chapter 10. If you come to him, he will in no wise cast you down. But you have to come to him. So if you've never done that, or you once did, but you fell away, I want to invite you to come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't go to hell. There shouldn't be any people from Alaska in hell. Jesus died for the whole state. So whatever little thing the enemy used to try to knock you off the path of life, you don't have to finish how you started. You can finish well. If you say, Jonathan, that's me, I need to do that. Either you've never received Jesus Christ or you once did but you fell away and you want to square things away with God tonight, I want you to quickly put your hand up high and we'll pray. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. Anybody else? Very quickly, if you lifted a hand, just come to the altar right now. We'll pray. Come quickly. Stay on this side so nobody gets trampled.
Just lift both hands to the Lord, close both eyes, and I'll give you the words to say, but don't recite them. Make it a prayer from your heart. I only give you the words to say because some people have never prayed. So if you say, well, just pray, some people want to know what to say. But I'll give you what to say. Make them your own words from your heart. Say it to God. God hears this prayer, and it'll change you right at the altar. Say this, dear Heavenly Father, I've come forward tonight to give you my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Wash me in your blood. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. I confess with my mouth. Jesus Christ is King of kings, Lord of lords, and my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your power. Where I am weak, make me strong. In Jesus' name. Now declare this. I am saved. My sins are all forgiven. I'm not who I used to be. I'm a new creature. I'm on my way to heaven. I will not turn back. In Jesus' name. Let me bless you. Before I bless you, anything the Lord spoke to you about in this service that you need to get rid of, get rid of it. Don't keep things lingering around that when you're tired or whatever, the enemy can like open an old wound. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The same grace that God gave you to not care what this crowd of people thought and come out from your seat and come to the altar, that grace will multiply from tonight. You'll never take a step back. Come up here with me. Lift both hands to the Lord. God will use you in the ministry. If you felt the Lord tugging at your heart tonight, you'll preach the gospel, and you'll lead lots of boys and girls to Christ even before you become an adult, and then many after. Jesus' mighty name. Hey, come up here. You can tell this isn't your first rodeo. Lord's touching you right now. Be filled. Amen. Jesus, mighty name. Come up, my friend, in the gray sweatshirt. Come stand over here. Lift your hands up even higher. Close both eyes. As you do, the fire of God comes on you even stronger. Anything the enemy would try to use from your childhood to keep, keep you pulled back, it leaves you right now. You're free. It'll never bother you again. Feel. That's right, come right up. Jesus, mighty name. The rest of you, lift both hands. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. From today, you don't take any more steps backward. You only go forward. In Jesus' name. So listen, before you go back to your seat, this is your new home church. If you have another home church, let them know you have a new home church. God bless you. Welcome to the family of God.
That's the only thing that's going to change the country. Because after that happens, you don't get up and go shoot a school. You don't go hit your mom. You changed. This lady with the blonde hair, just stand up and lift both hands. As you do, the power of God comes upon you. There it is. Jesus, mighty name. Man, I felt like I had a helper tonight. See, saves me a lot of walking. Praise God. Well, tomorrow is going to be a Holy Ghost blowout. We're going to finish with a double exclamation point. Got two more left. Make sure you're at each one, noon and seven. We're going to finish strong. We're going to receive an offering tonight. If, any, if that thing in Camden moved you, I'm going to get ready to hit the trail again. And remember, you know, it's not as glamorous looking, but we're on Dish Network and DirecTV Monday through Friday for half an hour. We reach 34 million homes. We we'll reach way more people than at any of those crusades. So... So then we'll add the, cru the crusades are in the mix, then TV. You know, I, when I was praying, God's given me a strategy. I'm going to go after try to get one, one soul in each family on planet Earth. When the Lord first put that in my heart last January, I scaled it back and said one, one member of each family in this country. And then when I went to India to preach, I was staying at the JW Marriott in, uh, where was I? Was it Bangalore? Yeah, I think it was in Bangalore, India. So I go to the free breakfast that's included, you know, and the lady says, you're an Indian lady, you know, in India. You're a preacher, aren't you? I said, I am. Did you see the guys that I checked into the hotel with? Because I thought maybe she saw the pastor and knew him and just figured since I was with him. She said, no. I said, then how do you know I'm not a, I said, how do you know I'm a preacher? You know, I was in like a Nike tracksuit. She said, uh, YouTube. I want you, I started watching you on YouTube and I became a Christian and I, I told my family about Christ and they've received Christ. So then when she said that, I felt the Lord speak to me like, no, keep it the way I told you. So anyway, when we get ready to run through and do those crusades, they're about 100000 a pop. If you'd like to pay for one or two or three tonight, I won't stop you. If you can't pay for one, want to pay for half of one, 50 grand, that would be great. Just do what you can. Not everybody can give 50 grand. So if you can only give 10, that's also fine. And you're welcome to laugh, but as long as a couple of people do it, then it's good. So just ask the Lord what he'd have you to do and do that, but do something big. And I promise you, you can follow me on social media. It's not a big scam to get money from you. We run hard. And I'll keep running hard till Jesus comes back because people need to have an encounter with the Lord. It'll change everything. America's going to be saved. From Boston, Massachusetts to Hana, Maui, from Wasilla, Alaska to Laredo, Texas. Devil's in for a bad year and an even worse next year. Amen. Love you. Looking forward to tomorrow. You've been the greatest people to preach to, you know. Going to miss you. Fly, I land in Boston at 440, I think, on Saturday. And then we start Sunday, three services Sunday, and then through Friday. Another great church, kind of like with Pastor Daniel. 
guy that used to be in the in the drug scene that got saved, took a church of 23 people, and they they were at 880 on Easter. In about in about seven years. So I mean, God's doing this everywhere. There's great people. God's not finished with America. Welcome, Pastor Daniel, to give you a proper benediction. Ushers, would you help us? There's four different ways to give. Again, the entirety of this offering goes to our guests. Thank you, Lord. Great service. Lives changed. We love you, Lord. We bless you. change anything. That right there is just a little bit of the sound of heaven right there. If you would, while you're preparing your offering, just begin to sweetly lift your voice to the Lord. That's it. That's it. Four hours a day, seven days a week. Of course, it's outside of time, it's eternity. Angels crying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, who was and is and is to come. From everlasting to everlasting, thou art God, casting down their crowns. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. You alone deserve the glory.
moments. Come and reverently place those buckets up front, please. Keep this atmosphere just like this as you give that gift from your heart. Right all across the front. Father, we thank you. Keep this, keep this, keep this atmosphere. Don't shift. Don't, don't change where your heart's at. Miracles are being released. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you for our beloved brother. The many miracles in the atmosphere of heaven that's here, the word uncompromisingly preached. We give an offering unto you now. In Jesus' name. Come and give if you're participating right into these buckets. And then just, just come and flow in this environment just, just like this. Don't, don't shift. Don't talk to your neighbor. Greet no one along the way. Just give. Don't put a Maya Kadal. Get it in. 
prophetic word from 2011. Alaska will deliver a nation. God is crowning Alaska and allowing her the opportunity to enthrone and lift him high. Shifting the atmosphere and ushering in a powerful move of the Spirit of God for the entire nation of the United States. The battles are real and ancient in this pristine, amazing land. But the Father's hand is resting on Alaska. And his heart is moved as her people move into his presence to deliver the nation. Isaiah 14, 26. This is the purpose that is purpose concerning the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out over all the nations. I declare that Alaska is firmly positioned to release the purposes of the Lord as his hand is stretched out over our nation and over the nations of the world. Receive God from the great north land. Your full inheritance from this land. Receive from Alaska your redeemed purpose. Bring it to pass. Thank you that we're a part of it. I bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us and give us peace. In Jesus' name, I bless you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.